Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Messy Middle Podcast slash Docless Fitness YouTube. As always, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, if you can pause and rate, review, and subscribe, it helps so much. And if you're listening from YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, like this video, and leave me a comment today letting me know if you learned something or something you'd like to learn on a future video. Now, today's podcast is going to be about the beloved Zone 2, so we're going to do a fun little giveaway. Um, one person who comments and likes and is subscribed to my YouTube channel following this video today um, will be chosen for a free to win a free copy of my zones mini guide if you guys are unfamiliar with my zones mini guide it's kind of the lowest cost option of everything that I've ever offered uh, through any of my products and it's just uh, $35 and it is essentially everything you need to know about zones and applying it to cardio and your training it also has a bunch of like example hit workouts within it um for those of you who aren't running, it's geared towards people who are doing general running activity and figuring out your zones, includes my zone calculator. It's basically the zones information you get in Endure, my running specific ebook, kind of more targeted to those of you who just need a little bit of cardio assistance, but don't maybe need um, all of the running information as well. If you're a runner, I highly recommend getting Endure. And I believe in the caption here, on YouTube, there is a 10% off coupon for all of my ebooks as well. So check that out. So kind of letting you guys know, today we are talking about zone two. Now, I have my zones 101 video that you should definitely go back and watch to fully understand zones and how it works and all of that. But as we all know on the internet right now, zone two is having a moment and I can feel the visceral the visceral frustration of you guys or people in general on zone two training because it's so hard and it feels so frustrating and you feel like you're not doing it right yada 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 so for one don't take your energy at me I'm here to help you um but I get it I know it is very frustrating right and I've been a bit of proponent of zones and you know zone based training zone two based training easy running all that stuff since you know 2017 2018 when I released Endure for the first time ever we had it in there and for years it was nice because I feel like you know telling people to slow down and go easier and take things easier was just like okay yeah I'm gonna just take it easier and people didn't really stress and overthink it until all of this hype recently came out around it to make it seem like you're going to like die if you're out you fall out of zone two so to start off the podcast you will not die if you fall out of zone two training but I want to talk today about why it's so frustrating, why it's so hard, how to make it easier and answer kind of the more common questions that I'm getting around zone two training all the time. So first of all, again, my zones 101 video goes over all the zones and what they do. And, you know, training is more than just zone two. We just spend a lot of time in zone two for doing high volumes of training, running, or it's an easy way to, you know, get in cardio for health um, that feels a little bit more sustainable. So zone two is going to be about 60 to 70% of your heart rate um, max. And so there's a few different ways to calculate your heart rate max. You can do 220 minus your age. Um, there's different equations that you can use it. They all kind of end up panning out to be similar um, or roughly around the same thing within so many beats per minute. So roughly any way you kind of calculate your age predicted heart rate max or you're finding your true heart rate max, which is what I recommend, um, or, you know, these different types of equations of heart rate reserve or whatever it is, they all probably come around the same thing, give or take. I don't want you guys to obsess about this heart rate number. We're going to talk about that why here in a second. It is important. 
Um, but it, it's not like this, you know, like die, do or die cut off, or there's probably some variability or range, or it's probably unique to you anyway, at the end of the day. And so it's about that 60 to 70% heart rate max. And your zone two is essentially the intensity of your exercise that falls, you know, above zone one, where it's like more than walking or general activity or like light, easy cardio. Um, but it's below your aerobic threshold or your lactate threshold or like threshold based training. So, you know, again, my zones video goes into this more in depth, but essentially, you know, your, your point in which during exercise starts to become physiologically more meaningfully hard. Um, you start to accumulate more lactate in your body. You're relying more on carbohydrate metabolism and you're having to increase your respiration rate. They all kind of occur similarly at this, at a similar time, um, during exercise training. And if you look at a graph of like someone who does a blood lactate test during exercise training, or they do a VO2 max test, you can see this influx in either lactate accumulation or an increase in the ventilatory threshold. So essentially you see regular respiration, it starts to increase, we start producing a little bit more CO2 than O2 taking in, showing that you're having to breathe more rapidly to sustain and support the activity that you're doing. These are kind of the physiological thresholds um, of which, you know, we define what our threshold is with training. Anything else above this is going to start being a little bit more stressful and or relying less on fat oxidation and more on carbohydrate metabolism during this time. So kind of coincides as well that point of which we have like maximal fat oxidation activity, which is why a lot of people associate zone two training with fat burning, so to speak. So, you know, when you're doing a lot of oxygen dependent metabolism, I'm once again going to go and plug my YouTube video on um, metabolism and energy systems because it will help give you a basis of what I'm talking about here. It's, you know, when we're using a lot of oxygen for metabolism, we're able to use a fat for metabolism. And when we're able to use fat for metabolism, um, we are then able to, you know, keep our heart rate lower, use less glucose, it's easier, it's more sustainable, um, simply due to the fact that, you know, you're you're working at an intensity where your body can bring in what it needs to support that activity, but it's not having to strain or stress or produce more to support that, right? It's not having to burn a bunch of glucose or make lactate because it can't keep up with clearing out, you know, the lactate that is being produced from that activity, yada, yada, yada. So that's why it starts to influx or increase rapidly over time. Your zone two is the point at which all that is happening. You are breathing in the oxygen that you need to deliver to your muscles that your mitochondria can use and take in to use for oxygen dependent metabolism. And it's using that to support the energy needs of your training without producing excess CO2 or accumulating more blood lactate. So you're not leading to either increased ventilation or increased lactate production or increased fatigue. So it's a lower fatiguing, highly aerobic, very oxygen dependent. That doesn't mean you're not using oxygen in other forms of activity, but it's you're largely relying on aerobic oxygen dependent metabolism, right? You know, you're still utilizing carbohydrate, you are still producing lactate. It's just not at such a high rate that these things are starting to accumulate in your blood, or you're not producing more CO2 from a byproduct of metabolism and having to increase your respiration or your breathing rate to breathe this off more frequently. So it's just kind of this more physiologically lower intensity state that is slightly above your normal rest, right? But you're still able to really use oxygen primarily and a lot more fat for fuel to sustain this activity. So you kind of have this peak and your fat oxidation that's related to, you know, your ability to use a lot of oxidative metabolism, um, that once you kind of pass this threshold, it starts to switch over into more carbohydrate metabolism, lactate starts to accumulate, you start breathing more rapidly and your heart rate goes up. 
So the reason that we can use heart rate as a tool with the zones is because when we're doing true traditional aerobic activity, so like your actual like steady state running, cycling, swimming, biking, um, not like Metcon-y type stuff, like true strict cardio, is that on a graph, your VO2 max and your heart rate are very linearly related. We can plot that almost perfectly in relationship to your work output, how hard you're working, your heart rate are pretty linear, right? In the perfect ideal lab scenario, which is why heart rate is not a bad way to assess this and can be fairly accurate. But of course, when we enter out into the world and there's different environments and things going on, other things can increase our heart rate. But that's why heart rate can be a good tool here. It's important to note that when we think about this point of which your lactate starts to accumulate, your breathing starts to increase, your fat you know, metabolism or how much fat you're burning starts to drop off and switch more towards carbs um, <clears throat> and or you know, like the point of which this stuff is happening and your heart rate will start to spike or whatever it is, is going to be largely determined by your fitness status. And this is the part about zones two being hard that is the hard pill to swallow for many of us and is really just the crappy part of it is that, you know, it's zone two is hard to begin with, but if you lack aerobic fitness, you lack, you know, baseline, like an aerobic, like an aerobic capacity, so to speak, you lack aerobic fitness, you lack cardiovascular fitness in general, the lower percent of your heart rate or your VO2 max, which most of you aren't testing, so we just, you know, can think of heart rate, this starts to occur. So for people who have lower levels of fitness, about 40 to 60% VO2 max is when we start to see this normally happen in people. Um, so that means that you're going to be on the lower end of that intensity range and what you have to stay below in order to stay in zone two or your body will start to switch past this threshold intensity of your training where it starts to become physiologically more harder. Now, you are probably closer to that lower end of that if you are newer to training, you haven't been training in a while, um, or you haven't really done a lot of aerobic stuff. You've only done like a lot of circuit or high intensity training and you just kind of don't have this developed. And so that's why it can feel really frustrating because, you know, you can be fit in other ways, but lack this component of fitness. So it's it makes it even harder though, is that you have to be on the kind of lower end of this spectrum. So for, you know, gen pop regular people who are just getting started or you don't have a ton of fitness, like heart rate isn't a terrible gauge for you to start with. And 60 to 70% can feel really low. Um, but it's probably closer towards that like 60, 65% range. It's probably more of an accurate and that sucks because you're trying thinking about keeping your heart rate in like the 130s, maybe 140s, um, things like that, like lower heart rate range, maybe in 120s, depending on where you're at and your true heart rate max and your age and all that stuff. But the point at which that starts to spike is like, a lot quicker for you. Even a little bit more intensity can skew you out of it. But the good news is that the more fit you become, the more this shifts over. So as you gain fitness, as you get more fit, you can start exercising at 50, 60, even upwards of very fit people, like 75, 80% of your VO2 max before this starts to happen, right? So as you gain fitness, it actually gets easier, which makes it mentally really terrible because in the beginning, that's when you don't want to stick with it because it feels frustrating and hard. Um, but as you gain fitness and you do more volume across your week of cardiovascular activities, this does get easier because that starts to shift over. So the point at which your lactate starts to spike or the point at which you start breathing more rapidly or it starts to get physiologically harder on your body occurs at a higher heart rate or a higher intensity or a faster pace. This is why you know your lactate threshold or 
or your, your aerobic threshold, these intensities that can shift with training are often more important for how much you can, you know, work you can produce, how fast you can go, your race PRs, whatever that is, um, than your actual VO2 max itself. Because while VO2 max can be a really important predictor of health and aerobic capacity and just like your overall cardiovascular capacity, I mean, if you can bring in more oxygen, that's a good thing. Elite aerobic athletes have a high VO2 max. But the thing that is really impressive is that ability to train at a higher intensity and sustain it without it being as fatiguing that allows you to do it longer um, and or, you know, move faster or do more work or whatever it is that you're doing because it's not as fatiguing until later and lower intensity. So if you are in the trenches, you're new, you're starting out with this, you know, the unfortunate reality is, is you're going to have to go slower and easier to be able to sustain that you are not broken or wrong in thinking that you have to go super slow in order to keep that up like that is that is the reality when it comes to zone two training especially if you're new to it and so it's going to be even more hard when you're running right so things that are like a bike or a rower or lower effort stuff are going to be less demanding on your central nervous system and have less external factors impacting it where then when you're running has a little bit more central nervous system impact and fatigue this is also a reason why running can maybe be harder for hybrid training than other forms of cardio um but you also are going to have your environment it's a full body activity you have anticipation you have heat you have humidity you have and you know you're anxious or you're thinking about things so don't make this harder or worse for yourself than it needs to be, right? You do need to slow down when you are running, but for many of you, you might just need to keep running or do a run walk, which a lot of people don't want to hear. Because a lot of people, I think they want me to give them the advice of, you know, okay, we'll do this and your heart rate will stay in that. And so the answer is just do other forms of cardio for your zone two and keep running and developing your running fitness and wait for your fitness to adapt and keep doing miles or time per week or increasing that. Because a lot of this is going to be driven by volume how many miles, hours you can run a week um, or how long you'll stick with this before giving up and either do your zone two with other stuff or recognize that if you're in the beginning and you're not doing a ton of volume, um, it's probably okay that your heart rate is a little bit higher because it's going to be unless you walk and do walk run. And so if you refuse to do walk run and you don't want to walk run and you just want to run, then you just need to be okay with the fact that your heart rate is going to be higher until you gain more fitness. And this isn't going to kill you. It's not bad. If you follow that 80-20 range and you're only doing like three 30-minute runs a week, you're doing 90 minutes of cardio a week, like that's okay. You're fine. You're still getting cardiovascular adaptations. You are still getting better. And as you gain that fitness, you can then maybe prioritize that in the future when things do feel easier for you. The other option is if you really want to do this and work with this is to do run walk where you do you know an interval of running or feels sustainable in or like your heart rate is managed and then once that starts to spike or right before it um you stop and you walk to recover and then you keep going again so you know this can be frustrating because sometimes people are like as soon as you run your heart rate spikes and that's okay too right you want to think about keeping your overall intensity of that workout relative to you at like an effort of four to five out of ten or an rpe out of four to five out of ten that RPE to heart rate relationship might not be perfect with your zones when you first start out, or especially if you're running in heat and humid conditions in the summer, things like that. Um, but don't be discouraged. Really lean into like, okay, well, like how much effort did this feel overall at first using RPE and just slowing down, especially if you're so new that 
everything feels like an RPE, eight out of 10, running is just hard. You might not even be able to use RP at that point in time. Heart rate might be frustrating. For you guys, I encourage clients or people in general, just go by feel, just run, do the work and let your body adapt. It, everything you're doing right now is benefiting you, even if it isn't perfect and ideal, like this can become something that you do at a later date, right? Maybe build up your time to being able to run for at least an hour before you start freaking about these small, tiny details. It is still benefiting you. You are still getting fitness. You are still getting better. The most important thing when you are starting with cardio or running in general is to get it in. Gain the fitness that you can with what you can do where you are at and let time and physiological adaptation do its thing. So the the it, the fact that it, it spikes like if you just think about increasing your intensity can feel really frustrating and really mentally like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm literally impossible can, to run in anything, but zone three is zone four. My heart rate doesn't drop. You know, you either need to just gain the fitness to earn worrying about the small details, or if you're someone who are running, you know, three, four, five times a week, a decent amount of miles or time, you do have a specific race goal. You're starting to increase your volume. That might be where you have a conversation with yourself of, hey, like I need to spend time on an aerobic base building phase, right? We have off-season aerobic base building phase programs in the list method for a reason where you are just focused on doing the work for time and intensity. You're not worried about mileage. You're not worried about pace. You're not worried about anything other than just taking it easy and completing the total time that week it's easier to run for time I feel like for people than it is for distance because the biggest frustration is like well if I'm going so slow my workouts are taking so long and that's completely valid that's okay um that's a real frustration for people um but spending amount of time where you're really really actually only focused on this you're not trying to race for a race goal and worry about adaptation let's spend time gaining fitness and running easier and practicing running easier and letting your body adapt to that is going to benefit you you just have to humble yourself and pull it back even if you're not a runner doing this and just spending a time like a phase of training where you we have clients who do our base build off season plans on a bike and just do it for time to work on their aerobic capacity or aerobic fitness and that's fantastic so you again you don't have to run to do these things or do cardio but I know a lot of runners here are who are listening to this and that's who feels most frustrated with this and so the the goal at this point in time if you're early on is to just improve your fitness over time, you will notice that your heart rate at the same relative efforts or paces should go down. So if right now everything puts you in a zone four or five, you should see that drop down to like a three to four to like, oh, I'm able to just run consistently in zone three. And then that's when you can start thinking about, okay, like let's maybe work on running easy and actually staying in a more relative to me specific intensity or heart rate or whatever that is. You know, you also have the option too, if you're someone who's new to running or new to cardio, and you feel like everything is kind of really stressful and hard for you is to just do cross training on bikes or, you know, the stair step or incline walking if you're doing trail stuff or, um, you know, the erg, the rower, whatever it is that you choose to do and do that for some zone two specific work um, while focusing on the skill of running when you are actually in your runs, gaining that fitness and that distance. It's not going to kill you. Once you get into the point where you're training, like maybe like... <laughs> 25, 30, 35, 40 miles a week where you're running hours a week. Yes, we want to start thinking about keeping at least 80% of your intensity, give or take the season, you know, and your focus, 70 to 90% of that. Very easy, right? But the rest of it can be harder. But if you're still in that low volume phase of training, it's 
it is fine. You are fine. The same goes for gen general people who aren't race training, who, you know, are worried that oh, if they're not doing zone two right now, they're not getting any fitness in their mitochondrial health or their mitochondrial capacity or their cardiovascular fitness. That isn't true. If you're only doing three 20 minute cardio sessions a week and they're all high, hard, intense or hit or cons or whatever it is. Yeah, that's fine. It's when we start thinking about doing more volume is when we start need to start getting more polarized or pyramidal with a large base of easy work. That doesn't mean you can't do the easy work now or it's bad for you. Absolutely do it if you enjoy it. I think it's fantastic. It's, it's the way to get in more volume of cardiovascular training if you have the time for that. But if you don't, doing less but harder or if you're just starting with running and you're only doing like a little bit of running a week um, and it's more intense because your body isn't quite there yet, you're not not getting benefit from that. You will not die. You're not getting no adaptations or benefit of fat adaption or, you know, fat burning capacity or health that everyone's putting out there. Yes, zone two is important and it's good for you, but you do still train those characteristics with higher intensity cardio as well. And if you're trying to improve a skill like running, you need to run to do that. And it's okay to let your body adapt before you start working about these minute details um, of this. Now, there is going to be a time you're gonna have to humble yourself and be like okay well do I need to actually focus on this and spend time doing that that's a great off-season goal or early season race training goal to do um but it does take time and it is very frustrating the messy middle podcast will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors are you struggling with your hybrid training? You don't know quite how to pair cardio with your lifting or lifting with your running, and it feels really frustrating to figure this out on your own. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by me and my programs, The List Method. If you haven't checked it out yet, The List Method is my signature training system that allows you to have hybrid style training on your terms, which means it isn't one size fits all. We help you find the lifting program that fits your life and your goals and pair with the running or cardio options that make the most sense for the goals that you have. You don't have to be a runner, but you can do both in the gym and we will get you there. To learn more, head to the link in the show notes or the bio below or head to www.doclistfitness.com slash the list method to learn more. Today's episode is brought to you by Legion Athletics. Legion is a supplement company that I align with myself with and for good reason. They're third party tested, which means that every single thing that they are giving you in their ingredients list is all they're giving you and nothing else when contamination is really high across the industry. Not only that, but their ingredients are dosed and based off what the current scientific literature suggests for the most optimal dosing for whatever the supplement may be. Beyond that, they keep their supplement line simple and it allows me to have both performance and health supporting supplements that allow me to support both of my goals. Things like protein and creatine, pre-workout or fish oil, magnesium, vitamin D, all things that I take every single day to help support myself both in and out of the gym. If you want to shop Legion, you can use my code DOCLESS and save 20% off your first order or double points for reoccurring customers. For all current sales, check out my Instagram where I share those every single week or my email list linked in the show notes below. So, you know, once you get to that point, you have to remind yourself that training and running or doing cardio at a lower intensity is also a skill that needs to be practiced and a characteristic that needs to be trained. So a lot of people who have a background in fitness or they are pretty well trained, they maybe do CrossFit, a lot of Metcons, or they've been running for a while who are like, okay, well, like I am fit, but I can't do this. That is the point in which you need to say, okay, well, is it because I lack fitness? Maybe not. Or is it because I'm just not doing it at all, right? We need to do zone two, lower heart 
rate, lower exertion-based training in order to improve on that, to train that characteristic within our fitness, right? So that's where we need to start having those hard conversations with ourselves of, okay, well, maybe I am lying to myself about how hard I'm doing all these workouts or the overall intensity of my program. I'm doing quite a bit each week. Like, or this just, I don't have this. I, I'm not recovering between my lifting intervals. I'm not recovering between my Metcon intervals. I'm not recovering between hit workout intervals or I feel winded. Um, all of those things you might be like, okay, well, I, I need to put my ego aside and do this easier intensity work, even if it takes a while to adapt to. So one of the things that I talked about within that too as well is not only just heart rate is a me- metric of this, but you know, you can use RPE and I, I addressed a little bit how that can be skewed by your experience level. But as you gain more experience in fitness, that's a great way to check in with yourself to say like, hey, how am I doing? Where this is this at? Um, but ventilation is also a really good physiological indicator of what's going on in your body that you don't need a lactate meter. You don't need, you know, an indirect calorimeter to do a metabolic assessment, workout. Um, you don't even need a heart rate monitor. But ventilation is a great way to get honest with yourself about how hard you're actually working, Um, especially if you do have a good bit of trained fitness and you feel like you're like, oh, no, this is easy for me. I'm actually going easy. It's like, can you do the talk test? And when we say the talk test, we don't mean just like a few words, a choppy sentence here or there. Like, can you talk on the phone while you're running or biking or rowing? That's a great way for me. Like my brother or mom calls me, I answer it on my run. And sometimes my mom will take a few minutes or she'll be like, are you running right now? Because I'm just carrying a conversation as I go and my heart rate is lower and I'm sustaining that during that. And if you start to have a conversation or you're talking to yourself, you want to think about talking about like 15, 20, 30 words, singing a song, you know, you feel like it's almost easy and effortless. It might feel a little bit boring to you but that's a great way to see you know where is this at and you can do this in your training like you can go out and go for a run and start running gradually faster and seeing at what's the point that you start to breathe more rapidly and then like look at your heart rate right like that's essentially what a vo2 max test would do in a lab where we mark your ventilatory threshold point on which it inflects um and starts to go up and your co2 starts to rapidly rise like we could tell you the heart rate at which that is happening but for most of us you're not going to pay for metabolic lab testing and you don't need to right but you can do that within your own training and being like okay well like where do i start to notice that my breathing starts to really increase and what is the heart rate at that for me like i know for me uh once i get to probably like 147 beats per minute i'm like okay yeah i'm lying to myself i'm in zone three i'm breathing a little bit more rapidly maybe 150 whatever it is i don't i don't i don't know i've been you know, haven't been paying too much attention to that recently because I've been more largely relying on heart rate. Um, But that's an easy way to check in with yourself and have an honest assessment of like, can I talk? Could I have a conversation with someone right now? And if you can't, slow down, right? Now people will say that I can talk and or my RPE feels low and my heart rate is still super high. I, I That's where I, I really want you to get honest with yourself of if you are actually talking as smoothly as you think you are. Um, and if your heart rate is always high and we're talking like in your zone four or five on all of your runs, you know, there is a point where heart rate isn't the perfect tool because, you know, you can't have heat and humidity that impact it or anticipation or stress or like central nervous system implications. But if you're consistently running or doing cardio all the time and it is high while you're exercising, I really think that's a point to just get honest with yourself about how hard you're actually working um, because zone two work is going to feel almost like no effort easy. And I think people struggle with that a lot because it it feels like you're not doing enough. Um, <clears throat> it feels too passive 
not intense enough. So having that real kind of assessment within yourself of what that looks like for you. So when it comes to this as well, the, you know, the things that people really struggle with is also how long it takes. It takes a long, 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 long time for these benefits or adaptations to kind of appear in our training or for it to get easier. And people hate that because you you feel like your, your zone two is never getting easier. It's never getting better. Um, you are like never going to gain fitness. And so the one thing that I can encourage you to do is keep going or do more volume if you can. If you have time in your week, that's a great time to work on increasing your volume of how much like cardio you're doing in a week because for many people you know the realistic truth is that you're not doing enough in a week to really get a ton of adaptations almost instantly or even in the short term over time you will start to accumulate those but you know a lot of this is driven by volume and how much more you're doing you probably have noticed if you're in a big race training season these adaptations almost come more rapidly or in a larger kind of click of gears after so many months of doing it. But the unfortunate reality is that when you're thinking about cardiovascular adaptations across the board, it's like these small little signals that we're sending our body each day. And these little signals add up over time because eventually our body is like, okay, this is uncomfortable. This is hard. This is physiologically like knocking us out of a homeostasis. We don't like it. So it signals that to, you know, your body to produce proteins to adapt and that turns into increased mitochondria or increased content or quality of that um, and or more arterials you know veins and arteries bringing oxygen and clearing out co2 from your muscles you know you, you start to pump more blood have that adaptation to your muscle tissues you start to have these small adaptations that start to accumulate over time that are then what leads to that click of gear of what you're doing but this isn't something I mean every little bit of workout or cardio is like a small vote for that but this is going to take you like months if not a year if not like multiple years of stringing together consistent training if you are very 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 new to this um you know, I just came back from a year of injury where I lost a ton of fitness. Like I really, it was like the lowest place of cardiovascular fitness I was since like I quit powerlifting. And I, in the beginning, felt like it was never going to click. And I started like run walk last July, coming back post injury. And I was running very slow, very easy. It was just it felt like I was never going to be able to go harder and faster. And while my injury did limit my speed and pace at which I could run in general, like even running that easiness still felt really hard to me, even if my heart is low, like I was still like this is so much more harder than it needs to be. And it was probably like, I want to say maybe like almost February or March time where I remember being on a run and thinking to myself, Oh my God, this is working again. And I felt like I thought of you all and all of this because I, I, you know, I did my first bout of slow running years ago where like my, my husband Regis, who's also an exercise physiologist, is like, you need to slow down. And then I started to get into it and drink the Kool-Aid and learn all about that. And I was training for ultra marathons, which requires slow, easy running. Um, but it was like truly like six, eight months later where I started to see this really show up. And now a year later, I'm even more so starting to see it show up and people, you know, it can feel really defeating that that isn't happening as quickly as you want, but you you need to remind yourself that you're asking your body to quite literally develop new tissues to make you more efficient at delivering and using oxygen. For many of you, what's happening is that, you know, to some extent, your body is doing a good job of getting oxygen to your muscle level, either through breathing, delivering it through your bloodstream, getting it to that muscle level, but you lack that mitochondrial quality and content or 
like ability to pull that in and use it then for energy metabolism. And that's what you're developing. And you are developing that not only through that easy running, but also some of the hard stuff. And if you go back and listen to my Zones uh, Zones 101 podcast or YouTube video, um, I talk more about how we want both of those because you can get a lot of volume of this zone two work that is less fatiguing and allows you to drive up more of that signal of what you're looking for. But you get that across all training. I think a lot of the, the hype around zone two is that it's improving mitochondrial health or capacity or efficacy or whatever it is, but high heart intense training, sprint interval training, high intensity interval training also improves those characteristics. The issue is that you just can't do eight hours of hit a week. Like you're just not going to be able to do that and recover or even able to sustain that. And so this is a way to get in large volumes of easy recoverable exercise, um, but it just takes a long time to get those adaptations and benefits. So if you're starting this, I want you to just get out of the idea that this is going to like click in a few weeks like this is a slow progress and slow process and you are better off if you're feeling impatient increasing the volume or the minutes per week of what you are doing zone two whether it's running or cycling or rowing or cardio whatever it is up you know don't do it like don't add 100 minutes at once but you know slowly increase that over time build up that volume that is the way that you will increase that more rapidly than anything else, rather than waiting for your body to suddenly override the pace of human physiology. Now, recovery, sleep, protein intake are all important for these things. They're not just for lifting if you're worried about that and adaptations, but otherwise this is just a slow slow progress and process and that's why like running goals specifically can feel like they are never coming right because it's not only are you gaining a skill but you're also having to gain the physiology within that um but the best thing i can tell you guys is to be patient and keep going i know i say that all the time but like that that is really the secret to this um You know, if you're using zone training for a specific outcome within your fitness and your goal, you kind of just have to humble yourself and pull back your intensity or have a real honest conversation with yourself. Like, is this the time that I need to be worrying about this or do I just need to be worrying about being consistent, increasing my mileage or increasing my time of doing this before I worry about these small details or having that honest conversation with yourself of like, okay, like I do have some sort of fitness baseline and this is still not feasible for me. What do I do? Um, And like, when do I, where do I need to pull back? Where am I lying to myself about this? So one of the things that we do in the list method with our running programs, or I have an endure or my zones mini guide is a threshold test. And so, you know, one of the ways that we can help kind of figure out where you're at within yourself right now, or kind of working more within your own physiology, um, are these threshold tests where we have you run us or do a cardio bout of a sustained like kind of maximal sustainable intensity for 30 to 60 minutes of like the little bit longer you go, the kind of more accurate is. But, you know, we have the lower end for people who can't do quite more than 30 minutes of exercise. And we use that to help you kind of calculate like your pace and intensity versus your heart rate within these things and where that kind of threshold actually is and where do we need to be staying below during that time. So even if it's skewed a little bit for people with lower fitness because your heart rate is so high to everything, it can still give you a better idea of like what might be more realistic for you to sustain at this point in time and where you should work towards lowering over time so you can sustain those more easy sustainable heart rates you know you see these people doing running or cardio at like 125 130 135 beats per minute and it seems like it might be impossible but it it, it isn't it really isn't but it takes volume time and patience while doing lower easy work in order to reach that goal and that's the sexiest answer I can give you 
Um, the last thing that I want to address here in this podcast today is the idea that zone two training then makes you slow or makes you worse at running or makes you worse at like higher power output type activities. And do you need to skip that stuff while doing zone two training or aerobic training or anything like that? And you don't. The idea is that you're making like 70 to 90% of your training base if you're having like a decent amount of volume in your week coming from this low, easy, slow type of activities. But you can do speed work if you're running. You can do Metcons if you're like CrossFit. You can do HIIT workouts if you like that. You can do your boot camp stuff. The idea is that you're either adding this easy stuff to it or you're just shifting your overall volume to favor that so you can develop that characteristic so then it can then carry over and make that easy, that harder, intense stuff even easier. So, you know, <clears throat> we think of zone two training as just making it slow or allowing this to work out easier, but it's also building some of the fitness characteristics that make your recovery or your intensity of which you can sustain during that higher, harder stuff higher as well, right? So your aerobic base you will see show up in the rest periods between heavy lifts or intervals during hit or like, you know, rounds during a Metcon or what you'll see that you'll recover or you can sustain a higher intensity or pace or threshold um, easier because you develop this. It's not one or the other, it's both, but you don't need to forego any hard or high intense training while doing this. The only thing that I or against, or we do a lot, especially with runners within clients, is that we don't want to increase volume and intensity at the same time. So, you know, you don't want to start doing a ton of zone two volume and running volume or cardio volume, and then also slapping in a ton of intensity on top of it simultaneously. You want to make sure you kind of are adapting to the volume that you're doing, and you're kind of shifting around where that intensity is or adding one component at a time. But, you know, for my runners here, if you're building run volume, you know, really think about, you know, increasing the volume of what you're doing before you start adding in a ton of speed work on top of it because it's both stressful for your body but you can still keep in like a sustainable amount of you know we have a speed work day that's optional in our aerobic base build programs for clients for this reason because they can still have that characteristic if they want it if they just want an easy run during this time they don't want to worry about doing speed work that's fine and we also use a lot of striders so you're keeping that leg turnover while you are running easy um it's not that slow running makes you slower or it's just that you stop training the characteristics of what you need to run fast it's like only doing reps of 20 on back squat and then being like why is my one rep max going up when you even practiced it in six months it's similar it has to do more with the, the skill of doing it and that execution and the fact that like your physiology is making you slower you just need to train that characteristic on top of that aerobic base in order to have that show up in higher power output things like your metcons power output or your running space or intensity or cycling or power output or whatever that is so I hope that kind of gets to the root of a lot of the questions and frustrations I'm having with zone two training and the internet and what you guys are seeing. Really, it's just your physiology is slow to adapt. Um, that point of which things start to get harder for your body and you start to shift over is really lower than it is for more fit people, which is why people who either have more fitness, who have practiced this longer can run and you see like, I mean, I can go for a 10 mile run and keep a heart rate of 135 if I want to, but I've spent a lot of time doing low, easy cardio, like more time than I probably should. I should do a little bit more hard stuff. Um, but it is feasible and possible for you. And I know this because I see clients, but it's like a year to a year and a half of trusting this process um, where it really starts to click and that physiology starts to adapt. And that isn't because you're bad or you're wrong. And I don't know what programs you were doing. So yeah, you might be doing a crap program, but cardio is cardio and it'll improve your cardiovascular fitness at the end of the day. It will move you forward. Um, but you really just need to like ask yourself, okay, right now, do I care more about improving my aerobic base or just getting better at running when you're first starting? And you can either run, walk 
and keep your heart rate down or you can just go at whatever your heart rate is at an easier pace and intensity still slow down your pace slow down your your effort um to the point of what feels sustainable for you um I know for a lot of people like once you get to that 13 minute to 13 and a half minute per mile pace form starts to break down and for a lot of clients they're like okay well I can't run unless it's slow I either have to run faster than that and my heart rate's high or go below and that's where you have to decide I'm either going to do run walk or I'm just going to run at the slowest pace that I can sustain and let my heart rate decrease with time and it will as you get more fit your heart rate will decrease in time um it's you know gaining fitness is most important for you many of you at this point and using rpe and ignoring heart rate for that first six months or even a year as you get into running is is a fine thing to do like we have rpe in our beginner 5k and 10k programs because we don't want people to be freaking out about their heart rate because it's going to be high we know that but we want you to practice running slower and easily and more sustainably for you during that And the last thing I will say here today is that for many of you who have fitness and a fitness history, you know, I want to remind you that you might need to have some real talk on how hard you're actually going and if you need to have a season of pulling back and going easier and focusing on just time and volume of easy stuff um, and what that looks like for you. And maybe that is the answer to your problems. But if you are new to this or you're just doing cardio or for health or you're doing a low volume of cardio each week and your heart rate's a little bit higher or doing a little bit more hit, like it's not that big of a deal. If exercise guidelines, if you're meeting those at the minimum or you're only doing like two or three bouts of cardio a week and they're like 20 to 30 minutes tops, like you are not probably doing more volume at a higher intensity to negatively impact your health or doing true hit or doing true spinner of all training or true speed work to the extent I would assume um, that it's going to be detrimental for you. So it's you know, don't let this idea around zone two make you feel like if you're not doing it, you're not getting benefit, you're not adapting, you're you're hurting yourself because that just simply isn't true. Volume and how much you're doing is a huge piece of this conversation here. But as you do gain more fitness or have bigger goals or add more, you know, or you feel like you're not recovering or that's where people get in trouble with like HIT or CrossFit killing your hormones or your gains or your health or whatever people like to say is that you're just doing too much hard stuff all the time and no easy stuff too, which can is an important part of your training. You want to, you know, capitalize on refining and developing all of those energy systems and then tailoring it more specifically to the goals and outcomes that you have, whether that's distance running or, you know, Metcon or health or better at like a 2k row or whatever it is that you're doing that's where we can talk about those more specific components of that so I hope this answers all of the zone two worries the panic the chaos um if you found this helpful and beneficial you know if you share this on Instagram tag me let me know what you thought leave a comment below hopefully that kind of gets to the chase of like what you need to do and what you need to worry about it and for most of you you just need to keep going keep going keep training keep progressing um and once again if you want more information on this you still want to learn deep dive into this get my zones mini guide if you are just a recreational cardio person get my running ebook endure if you're a runner um listen to the zones 101 podcast and if you want a program that does it for you get in the list method we have zone two aerobic capacity metcons all programmed in our cardio on demand library we also have 
I don't know, 30 running programs at this point in time. We have so many running programs. Maybe it's not 30, but it's at least 20. Um, running programs for different, uh, you know, experience level, skill level, goals, distance, time per week. Those baseball programs are great for what we're talking about today. Or our beginner programs for just developing this as you're gaining fitness. And we will help assist and coach you within that and help you work through these things as well. So again, if you found this helpful, let me know. Rate, review, subscribe, like, tell your friends, tell your dog, tell your pizza man, tell who whoever um that doc list sent you so i hope you guys enjoyed this and i will catch you guys on the next episode